This is Talking Dirty, Get Gardening's podcast for plant lovers. The video version is available on our Get Gardening YouTube channel, so you can head over there if you want to see our ugly mugs, and there are pictures of the plants there as well. There are full plant lists on our Twitter and Instagram at Get Gardening Now, so go check those out. But without further ado, let's start Talking Dirty. Hello and welcome to episode 57 of Talking Dirty. Over at East Ruston Old Vicarage, looking so snazzy in his stripes, it is Alan Edward Herbert Gray, our happy and very <laughs> handsome horticulturalist. I'm unusually in a darker hue today, but a cheerful smile nonetheless. Over there in Cambridgeshire, we have Thordis Maria Sophia Friedrichsson. <laughs> That's me. Beautifully delivered. Do you know, Ooh. on the podcast this week, we always talk about middle names, but uh, we have someone who basically goes by their middle name, a return visit, which is so long overdue because we loved the first time. We had Derry Watkins on the podcast of Special Plants. Welcome back, this time in your garden. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> which is i've had a little sneaky peek um before we started recording your garden is looking splendiferous and we're going to take a little stroll around but how have you been keeping i assume you've been super busy yeah we've been busy it's been a difficult summer weather wise but it's been a good summer for customers and the and actually the garden we 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 succeeded in making the garden look fantastic i think i've loved the garden this year i've had good help and the garden is just thriving, bursting. <laughs> the dairy, 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 have you noticed how tall everything is this year? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. A lot of, some things are very late, but very big. Yeah. Yeah. My but not little... everything. It's quite a bit of this and a bit of that. Yeah. yeah. My little red zinnia tops over one metre tall. That's three, <laughs> three, three inches plus. <laughs> <laughs> I can't reach the top of my thalictrums. They're eight, nine foot. Yep, yep. We often hear from people, I think it's both Val Bourne and Bridget Girling of Moss and Stone Floral Design, both talk about this love of feeling really small in the garden, like feeling like you're a toddler and like the plants are just soaring yeah. above you. It is lovely to get that. Yeah. What has been do you think your kind of real triumphs? We're going to have a little look round, but so you don't have to just keep sort of walking and talking, which I personally find quite difficult. Uh, what, what have been your glory moments in your garden so far this year? Well, we had a weeping ash, which died. And so I left with this big empty bed. It just had Ophiopogon underneath the, uh, underneath the weeping ash. And I decided I was bored to tears with the black, with green Ophiopogon. So we ripped it all out and I had this big empty bed and I didn't quite know what to do with it. And I had this wonderful bloke called uh, Johnny uh, to come and help me. And we have just done the most extraordinary things with it. It's an explosion of color, that bed. <laughs> it's more fun than a barrel full of monkeys. And we put every bright thing we could think of in and the biggest plants we could think of. And it, I call it the carnival. I mean, you can practically hear the, you know, the hand organ going. It's just so ridiculously lively. So that's been a real triumph. It's gorgeous. I love it. It makes me laugh every time I go by it. <laughs> oh, I love that. I think last time we talked about your salvia experiment where you'd been ripping oh, salvias out. How's that been going? That was a disaster. Total 100% disaster. I ripped out my big salvia bed uh, in October and replanted with quite substantial salvias. 
I knew October wasn't the right time to plant them, but I thought, well, they're decent sized plants. They'll, they'll tolerate it. Well, 95% of them died over the winter. 95%. I think I had two salvias left in this 50 foot long bed. Uh, so we replanted in the spring and they're just beginning to come into their own. It doesn't look like a lot, but you can see that there's the right colors there and that it's going to be really nice, uh, but it's still not quite what it should be. That was not my biggest success this year. I find that, I, mean, I, I wish you'd had success, but I think everybody who knows how many failures they have in the garden will find that very yeah. encouraging. To make yeah. Terry feel better, Alan, have you got any massive failures to share? Just make one up if you haven't. <laughs> I don't have to do that. I don't have to make one up. I'll be truthful. We had a series of scallops in front of our um, autumn border and every other one I planted this little dwarf sedum. Don't ask me the name. It's got some horrible, silly name like cherry cola or something like that. It's a tiny little dwarf one and it goes very red. The leaves go very red in, in, in sunshine and then the flowers, uh, lots and lots of purple buds and then bright, intense carmine stars. Yeah. Anyway, I planted that, but in between that, I planted low-growing bedding plants like bacopa, for instance, in yeah. a, a mauve bed and a, a mauve section, a white section, a mauve section, a white section in between these sedums, and the whole lot got burned to a crisp in the sun. So a oh. failure, complete devastation apart from the sedum. So then I had to go, and I get accused all the time of, why are you propagating so much stuff? You'll never need all this, but we do. <laughs> You see, because you have a disaster like that and you've got to go somewhere to get it. You can't yeah. go to a nursery because most of the nurseries in midsummer have sold out of everything. Yeah. So off I go to the greenhouse, we load up trolleys and we come back. And by, I suppose, the end of that particular day, wonderful. It's looking like heaven again. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's a bit of a dog's breakfast because, you know, you have to you have to use what you got. Yeah. Um, so we've got penstemons in there. We've got French marigolds in there. I mean, not necessarily the kind of colours I would have put together, but hell, beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> <laughs> and the sedums are still happy. Yeah, sedums are absolutely fine. And I tell you what, Derry, they have looked wonderful in um, terracotta pans, you know, the low Oh, part. yeah. I've got a couple of those on uh, a couple of pillars and they, they look sensational in those. In actual fact, the one thing I didn't propagate too much of was the sedum. Hello, Satan. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> he wants to be the star of the show. He is the star of the yeah, show. He's, he's, he succeeded. <laughs> so the one plant I didn't over-propagate was the sedum and lots of people were asking for it. So yeah. I, I guess I missed a trick there. It's a great plant. Yeah. And there's always, I suppose, you never quite get it right. I ended up with just so many helichrysum. And I love, I love them, but I, I definitely have too many. <laughs> the problem with that sometimes is when you, when you do that, you find yourself loving them to begin with. And, you know, a month or six weeks in, you hate the sight of the damn things. Because you've got yeah. too many in, you know, it's just too much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like I, I love if you love a plant, you propagate it like man, you put it all over the garden, lo it looks lovely, and then your customers don't like it. So it sits in the nursery <laughs> for the next year looking resentful. I hate that. I just hate that. Derry, what, what, is, the, what is your most successful sales plant this year? Because I ask you this because you've always got um, the thrill of the, and the hunt for something new, like we all have, I suppose. But, you know, yeah. you're looking for something new and sensational, and usually you seem to find it. Uh. Uh, nothing that exciting, maybe, but I, I mean, there's a couple of uh, new annuals that I'm incredibly in love with. A zinnia called Inca. Have you seen that? No. Nope. It's brilliant red-orange 
with a slightly sort of raggedy petal, not an ordinary zinnia shape. Yeah, but that's more interesting than perhaps the strict formality of a regular zinnia. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I love it. I've got that sitting up in my room waiting to show you. And um, dwarf cosmos. Uh, well, it's a cosmos sulfurious, which is naturally dwarf, uh, called cosmic red, which I'm really liking. Again, that I'm. This is the year of the red orange. You can. We wait till you see my explosion of uh, <laughs> that new, that weeping ash tree border. Red orange and orange are just it, and purple, of course. Can we stick? I can't live without purple. Everything I do is has to have purple in it. <laughs> Can we stick with Cosmos for a moment? Because we were talking about disasters a little while ago. And it, although it wasn't quite the disaster that on the scale that we're talking about, I used uh, Cosmos Xanthos, which is the lemon yellow one. Yeah, it's year. not a good doer. No, yeah, I'm just going to no. say it didn't do well. You just answered cute, the Cute little flowers, cute little plant, and then it just kind of withers away. It just dies, yeah, exactly. Yeah. What, do you think <laughs> about, what do you think about Cosmos? Cosmos sulfurious varieties. I remember seeing two beds of them at Wisley, and I was there on the right day, the best day that they ever had. They looked absolutely fabulous, but yeah. would they last as well? I don't see why not. I mean, they never get anything like so big, but they're beautiful flowers and, and small, tidy plants. Not, you know, I mean, I love big cosmos. We, we grow loads of huge cosmos, yeah, but, yeah. I, but these are lovely and the leaves are really nice. They have much better leaves. Right. It's on the list. <laughs> <laughs> well, you keep taunting us with talk of all the lovely things in your Ooh. garden, and you are you are poised. It's all around you. Right. That we okay. have never done this before on the podcast. Now, obviously, if you're listening to the audio version, we would, you know, if this works, say definitely check out a bit of the video version on our YouTube channel. Um, but we're obviously going to talk about what you're showing us as well. So yeah. you'll get a full auditory picture of the glory <laughs> of Derry Watkins Garden. So we're heading off. I have off. to describe everything. <laughs> I'm going to take you straight to what I call the carnival because it's just so bloody amazing. <laughs> I can't get over it. It just, I keep coming out here and, and admiring it. It's terrible. I shouldn't. Uh, I'm going to have to switch, switch this thing somehow or other to, so you can see what I'm looking at. Okay. Okay. I'm going to run around the corner so you can see what the context is. So there's a big sweeping lawn and in the distance are shapes and the closest shape to us. We call them shapes in the landscape. Yep. And the shape closest to us is the one that had the weeping ash in it. And that yep. where the weeping ash was is now just this amazing bombast of color. You know, it's just more fun than a barrel full of monkeys. That's all I can say. It's got tithonias and ricinus and uh, camas. Should I go through the individual plants? Yes, please. Why not? Uh, okay, there's loads of different things. Ricinus is the uh, uh, castor oil plant. Here we are. And this one's New Zealand black. It reflects the light. So the, the, it's the darkest color you can imagine, but it reflects the light. So it's looking pale. Can I, if I go around the corner, will it look darker? Oh. No, it just does. It's the, it has a beautiful texture to the petal, sort of satiny and reflective, even though the color is really dark. Um, and I love that. I like, I love dark foliage, which is reflective. So it catches the light. Uh, these are insanely big. They're about as tall as I am. Uh, and they were sewn at the end of April. So they've been, <laughs> they are, what is it? May, June, July. They're three and a half months old and five foot tall. 
You know, I just, anything that does that. And also behind them is the Tithonia, the brilliant orange. Can you see these? Yeah, that yeah. brilliant orange, like they're called the Mexican sunflower, but they're not really sunflowers, but it's the most wonderful glowy, glowy orange. And they're five foot tall, again, sown at the end of April. So, I mean, with annuals, you can make the most extreme amount of volume and color and size and bold, dramatic stuff going on, which is, I love that. Um, there are some things that aren't annuals. There's a wonderful canna here called Tropicana Black. It has a red flower. There's one over on the other side, which is in flower. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, whoops, the flowers are going over a bit, but you get the color. So yeah. that's also has the high drama color, uh, wow. but this wonderful leaves. And again, that sort of sheen on the leaf that reflects the light, although they're very dark, they reflect the light, which is just, I think, beautiful and sets off the orange amazingly. And then is in amongst everything else down below, we have this lovely uh, coleus, uh, extraordinary coleus, which is somehow red, orange, and purple, all at the same time. Um, and a tiny new zinnia, this was new last year. There's maybe, a, they, they, they change color and I'm, there should be some dark red ones. I don't see any dark red ones here, but they change color from orange to yellow and orange and red. It's called Zahara fire. And that stays very small. That's only about eight inches high and makes a little dwarf sort of clump, very tidy minded plant. <laughs> And a new Bidens, or at least new for me. Am I gonna remember the name? It's so new. <laughs> Something Margarita. Does that make sense? Do you know this, Alan? No, I, well, there's a whole range of them that have been brought out as patio plants, but I didn't look at them to be quite honest. I know, I, th I mean, I, didn't, I don't approve of things like tiny little Bidens here, but they have been wonderful. They just, they have flower and flower. Oh, here's a really good one. They yeah. just flower their silly socks off for months, they never so that, stop. That just and they shows Terry, Sorry? Terry, that just shows the importance of trialing a plant and using it, even yes. if you don't like it. Just use it and see what it does. Yeah, yeah. And you really almost—it's wonderful to see it in somebody else's garden or in a trial garden. But it's the best way to really know about a plant is to grow it yourself. Yeah. yeah. If you don't grow it yourself, you don't really know how good it is, how bad it is on a bad day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that coleus, um, the combination of the coleus, the Bidens, that little zinnia, yeah. it means that your carnival bed has this absolute carpet of different shades of orangey, pinky. Yes. Oh, it's, yes. it's, it's such an amazing, um, such an amazing and carpet at the bottom. The other thing that's hiding in there that you can't really see is there's some double nasturtiums, red and orange. There's the double oh. nasturtium. That's uh, Margaret Long, very double. So this is Benari's uh, giant orange zinnia, which I never liked Benari's zinnias before. In fact, I never really liked zinnias before, but I've come around to them this year. <laughs> and here's the little cosmos I was talking about. Cosmos sulfurous, cosmic red. In real life, that's bright orange. I, it looks to me kind of pale in there. And above it, you see the grass, this yeah. lovely, yeah. delicate grass, which is growing through everywhere on top of everything else, just sort of softening it. Does that sort of make sense? Yeah. Um, you get, it's called frosted explosion and it's the best cut flower thing there ever was. At every stage is a good cut flower. It lasts forever. It makes other plants look good. Um, if you have, you know, thing like heavy, like dahlias and you put some of this frothy, thin 
beautiful things. They're beautiful when they're fully open. They're beautiful when they're just beginning to come open. They're just lovely. Even in seed, they're really nice. Just that just one flower bed, Derry, is just so much inspiration in that one flower bed. No wonder there, you keep there's going so and much looking fun at it. In it. It's, just a, it's such a hoot. That's what. It's fabulous. I love it. Oh. And we had such fun doing it. We'd put every week, we'd come out and put another three things in. And then we'd think, oh, no, that's not enough. I said, no, we got to put this in. And then I'd find another orange plant. We have to put that in. <laughs> there's, the, here's the double orange, Mr. Chaput. Derry, do I see Alstromeria Indian Summer in there? Yes, you do. You do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a lovely plant. Again, that purple with the orange. Fantastic. That's a great plant. It goes on flowering forever. Yeah, exactly. Which yeah. was your other double nasturtium? Uh, did, it's called, uh, here, here's, here it is again. This actually, in fact, there's three. This is Margaret Long, this soft orange here yeah. and this brilliant orange which may no i tell a lie this i think is hermione grasshopper yeah and this is what we call red hermione um now it may be that this is the original hermione grasshopper because i remember 30 years ago hermione grasshopper looking this brilliant she does the, she does yeah i think what we have as hermione which is this has morphed over the years. I now have three, somehow I've developed from two, I've developed three varieties. <laughs> I don't know, such is life. Plants are a bit unpredictable. Well, um, the nasturtiums, Derry, they don't set seed, they're sterile. Not at all, not so at all. So if you get another color, it must be that the plant has thrown a shoot that is a sport. Yes, but they are themselves sports. They were sports yeah. on a single nasturtium once long ago. Yeah. And they've just sported again. Yeah. So they're somewhat unstable, like the best gardeners in the world. <laughs> <laughs> you and me, for example. Yeah. Somewhat unstable. <laughs> right. I'm going to walk you over to, as long as my battery lasts, I'm going to walk you over to the other side of the garden where we have a path through this amazing jungle here and i just i love a path that sort of disappears off into the distance and you can't quite see where it's going oh, yeah. yeah great so i that's this i love this bit of the garden uh right here at the beginning is uh dahlia ragged robin which is bred by avon bulbs and it's been here sitting in this exact position for about seven years uh totally unprotected uh totally hardy fantastic plant short only about three and a half, not quite four foot tall, lovely dark red flowers, uh, a bit ragged. You can see why they called it Ragged Robin. Really good deep red um, and nice leaves and a good habit, very tight, you know, nice neat plant. And as we go down the path, the plants get bigger and bigger and bigger <laughs> until you're looking up way over your head at some of these lovely things. There's Salvia Amistad. There's a nine foot tall Thalictrum splendide there, waving about, just one of the most beautiful things that God ever, ever made, the Thalictrum splendide. The flowers are just to die for. They're like, they're a bit bigger than ordinary Thalictrum flowers and very round. Oops, I'm stuck on the dahlias. Oop. Can you see those flowers? I can't really see what you see. They're glorious, yeah. 
It is glorious and it is so insanely tall. What's the Black Daily? Is it Karma Chalk? It is. Yeah. Best, I have to say, these are the best daily Karma Chalks I have ever grown. This is exhibition quality Karma Chalk. <laughs> Usually they break for me. You know, they, the heads, if it rains, the heads are so heavy, they, they break the stems. But this year they're perfect and we've had plenty of rain, but I have been cutting them off a bit earlier, trying to take the weight off them. Yeah. But just to go back to the height thing, on the other side, we have these wonderful, very tropical leaves of a hedicium called forestii. Yeah. You go up and up and up and up and up and up. And again, about eight foot high, it's blooming. And they're fragrant white flowers. Absolutely wonderful. Again, totally hardy. Been out here unprotected for probably 10 years. No, Greggy. And it's just, it multiplies. I have to dig them out. They try to invade the path. <laughs> You know, they're, they're working their way yeah. elsewhere, but they're beautiful. I just think the flowers are exquisite. Veronica, like the delicacy of the flower against the foliage on yes. a medicium, it's just yes. it's such a great exactly. contrast. Exactly. Another great dahlia, dahlia um, twinings after eight. Again, five foot tall, almost the tallest little flower up there is about six foot. Uh, but the very dark foliage, white flowers. This, I, we're in the middle of what I call the black and white border. There are, it's quite a lot of purple in it, but it's basically the black and white border. So almost everything you see is going to be black, white, or purple, one thing and another. But it just, I like, this is, you were talking earlier about the jungle, the, the sense of being a little child in a big garden. And that's yeah. what this path gives me. <laughs> I oh. like that. Oh, it's wonderful. And we come around here and although it's supposed to be the black and white border, you have to have a little pop of exciting color every now and then. Kercosmia limpopo, just an insane color. Wonderful. That's, is it pink or is it orange? It's How both. can it be both? Toledum wallichianum, wonderful plant. Oh. How long lived do you think that is, Alan? Five years. My, the, the plants are so good, but I haven't really kept them for more than three or four years. Yeah, I think I think they 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 kind of don't kill themselves if you know what i mean they're so yeah. good so exuberant they exhaust yeah, so them. exuberant yeah but the foliage is so good i mean my god you would grow it just as a foliage you would yeah so beautiful th that ferny foliage is fabulous fabulous okay well i'm gonna make my way towards the house <laughs> before my battery expires oh can you stop <laughs> what was that Did i see impatiens tinctoria yes oh god but that's but that's quite, that looks quite low. No, no, look down. Hey! There's a 10-foot drop. Whoa! <laughs> I planted it in the perfect place. Normally it blooms at 10 foot, way over your head. Yeah. But I planted it, well, maybe six foot down. And you can go down the steps and get your nose right into the flower, which is what you want to do. Because not only is it beautiful, it is incredibly fragrant. Yeah, it is. In Patience Tinctoria, it smells absolutely delicious. And it never seeds. I spend my life, I spend half the summer trying to collect seeds and I managed to get about 12 or 15 seeds a summer. <laughs> it's been here for 15 years and it has never produced its own seedling. So you don't have to worry about it <laughs> at all. <laughs> a great white dahlia that I sent to Alan a couple of years ago, Dahlia murkii alba yep. with lovely, fine, tiny little flowers, beautiful. And one of the silliest plants God ever designed. Oh, my oh, God. Kiss me over the garden gate. 
kiss me over the garden gate, right? <laughs> so it's just mad. They, they again, this is an annual. Uh, we keep them in the fridge and then we sow them in uh, March, uh, and they'll they'll germinate quite quickly, and then they grow. These are nine or ten feet tall with these dangly pink. Can you see the pink flowers from the distance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I just love them. But Derry, the, those seeds resent heat of any kind, don't they? Because I, I sow mine outside and cover them with some grit and put a pane of glass over the top and they germinate fine. Yeah, they have, they need the cold, but it turns out uh, the fridge is enough. Dry cold is enough. You wouldn't right. guess. Good. I didn't know. I, we only discovered that because we threw the seeds out one year and they all germinated. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we'd spent years doing what you do and sowing them in the autumn. Yeah, uh, they do self sow in the garden, but the slugs eliminate them. Right, I crawl around on my hands and knees, digging up as many as I can find, yeah. and put put them in pots because I know the slugs will get them otherwise. Yeah, there is just inspiration at every step, Darry. Around every corner. <laughs> oh, the very best of all, Roscoe. Roscoe. Uh, purple leaf seedling. It doesn't have a proper name. The breeder insists on calling it purple leaf seedling, but it is so beautiful. And I don't know if you can see the stems. Oh. They're so sturdy and dark and that wonderful deep color. They're gorgeous. There's like that kind of little touch of dark pink to the purple flower as well. Yeah. Wonderful begonia, Benitoshiba, just beginning to flower. Uh, you, they're they're, they're hardy, but if you leave them in the ground, they come up so late, it's not worth having them. Um, but if you can protect them just a bit from the frost, just a polytunnel or something, uh, then uh, uh, you'll get a glorious display because they, they go on getting bigger and bigger every year that way instead of dying to the ground. Oh, gravel garden, we're gonna leave you behind. Goodbye, <laughs> gravel garden. <laughs> So quick change, particularly on the video podcast, we had a little bit of a battery issue on Derry's phone. So we've quickly run in from the garden to your house, but fear not because there are so many plants next to you for us to talk about. So we're going to go from sort of border plant show and tell to office plant show and tell. <laughs> Great. What's here? Um, let's see. Where will I start? This is just the one closest to hand. Uh, this is Linaria peachy. It's a very tall Linaria with these very subtle colors, nice peachy colors, good name. It is actually sterile. You know, most Linarias will seed around your garden, Canon went and that sort of thing, seed all over the garden. This doesn't, it's pretty much sterile. Maybe you might get one or two seedlings, but basically it's sterile. The color is really good. Because it's sterile, it goes on and on blooming and it's also much taller. It tends to be three to four foot tall. Uh, but you really need to do cuttings every year or every second year, basal cuttings in the spring, uh, in order to renew it because it's not going to seed itself. And the plants, the individual plants, don't actually live very long. But the the, the flower is a lovely color and it goes with a lot of things. It's because it's a it has it's sort of a mixture of sort of pink and peach and pale yellow and cream. Uh, so it, it, it's a it's a good mixer, I think. So that's Larry Ichi. Yes. Just I've just written the word, just as you said, I've just written mixer. <laughs> <laughs> You're on my wavelength. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is amazing. This is a kufia, 
which is oh, yeah, yeah, yay. <laughs> this is a hardy kufia, which blooms all summer in shade and gives you color in shade, which is so hard to get in the summer. Uh, this is, I mean, it's right up there with begonias. We're going on and on and on blooming all summer. Uh, it, the color is good. It's the small flowers are small, but the color is very good. Brilliant orange with a little tiny bit of tip of yellow. The terrible thing is the name, it's called Centauria cyanus. Now why? Why would, cyanus means blue. What is blue about orange and yellow? I mean, any other name, yes, but not blue. And the answer is, it has blue pollen. That's the, that's the a biologist's idea of a joke. I'm going to name this plant after its pollen, honestly, really. Give me a break. I'm so glad you brought a kufea because I have, every time I go to Alan's exotic garden, I am always swooning and fawning over the kufeas that he's got scrambling about. But I don't think I, you don't have, do you have that one, Alan? Yeah, we grow it as kufea cyania. Yeah, or cyanias or cyania, yeah. I don't really know. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I love that plant. I got it from Christopher Lloyd many years ago. And I've okay, had it I got time. mine from Dixter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it's hard. Are your other Kufeas hardy? They aren't, are they? Yeah, Kufeya um, Roxy's quite hardy. Do you know that one? I don't know that one. Oh, we ooh, should get ooh, Maybe that's my FOMO. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of pink with a little white end to it. Um, I saw it last year in the nursery and they've got three plants left and I bought them, popped them in the garden and they've been fine. So right. Right. It's hardy. It was hardy last year. Is it hardy every year? I don't know. I haven't had it yeah. long enough. And also, yeah. hardy for you is not the same as hardy for me. No, true. <laughs> <laughs> you live in a pretty good place. Well, this is hardy. This comes from the Himalayas. This is uh, Primula florindii, the giant Himalayan cowslip. Oh. But this is a, it's normally yellow. Uh, but this one, it has sort of uh, orangey, reddy orangey, copper, copper, I would say, red copper flowers. Uh, beautiful colors, slightly, they, they vary a bit, but they're all in this sort of color range. They call them sunset shades. Uh, it's a big plant in the garden, uh, about almost three foot tall. Uh, blooms late in July and August, which is nice, and it smells divine. This is another plant that you want to get your nose into. Although, in fact, the smell drifts across the garden. It's the smell is absolutely amazing. Beautiful. Primula florindi sunset shades. That's another sunset plant I now want. I mean, I love the yellow one, but put anything in the sunset shade and I'm going to yeah. want it even more. Yes. Yes, I love the yellow one too. Yeah. Uh, here we have, oh, this is a funny, funny old plant. It looks horrible in a pot. Absolutely awful in a pot, but it's very good in the garden. This is all skinny, but it has huge white uh, poppy flowers with a dark center. Can you? Yes, you can see oh, the yeah. center. Yeah. Uh, very prickly looking leaves, and but which aren't, they're only very, you can stroke them. They're not really prickly. They're just slightly prickly. Very interesting prickly buds as well. Um, it's called the Mexican prickly poppy. Good name. I believe in that name. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's not papaver poppy, but it's in the poppy family. Argemony, grandiflora, because it has a big flower. And do you know, I saw this blooming in the desert in Mexico. 50, really? 50 years ago, I was traveling in the desert of Mexico and there were these huge white flowers and I got out of the van 
to go look at them. And it was definitely this. And then I started growing it in my garden and I thought, well, it'll be, for me, it'll be an annual. It grows fast, it blooms the first year from seed. It'll be an annual. The first plant I ever put in is still there five years later in my heavy clay soil. I don't understand it. It should not survive. It should be demanding the gravel, you know, at least that's the minimum it needs is gravel. But actually it, it tolerates, seems to be very tolerant and I'm, I'm a big fan of it. Argemony grandiflora. Yeah. You could grow it as an annual. No. This was a seed this spring. So, it, you know, it will bloom the first year, but it will make, if you grow it on for another year, it'll make a lovely fat plant about two foot across, two foot up high of these lovely kind of gray green prickly leaves and big white flowers. Yes. Uh, just something a little in your eye, a bit of eye candy, as they say. This <laughs> is tall, so I'm having to, 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 to <laughs> bring it down slowly and then bring it towards you. Look at that, what a color. Petrinia scabiosifolia, the golden fleece flower. Uh, they're flat umbels, if I put it on the ground, yeah, you can see it, they, they come quite flat, uh, but uh, the most insane color of yellow, and even the stems are yellow, the flower stems, do you see underneath? So the whole top it appears to be emitting light. When you see that in the garden, it looks, it glows. Like a, a beacon. That's an American prairie plant. Sorry? Like a beacon. <laughs> like a beacon. It glows like a beacon. It does. And the insects must love that. Yes. Yeah. It has a close cousin called Petrinia punctiflora, which uh, doesn't have such an exciting flower. It has a rather subtle flower, very pale yellow and thin, not, not big, tight umbels like that but has the most beautiful seed heads I've ever had. I mean, the seed heads, are like a puffy white, not puffy silver cloud for about two months in the autumn. Just beautiful. Another prairie perennial plant, Petrinias. Um, what shall we do next? Oh, this is very exciting. This isn't brand new, but it's quite new a couple of years ago. Uh, this is an agapantha, a hardy agapanthus called Twister. Uh, white with a blue, base to the to the petal dark blue base to each petal oh. and that's lovely very very new not very new but pretty new fairly new i'm at least fairly new to me that is lovely sure that. have i have i seen that east ruston allen yes you have i'm sure yeah. you have yeah, it's, a, it's such a good plant. I mean, and this chloriferous, I mean, lots of these agapanthus, there's one that does that called Queen Mum, and Queen Mum is a big plant, but she's nowhere near as floriferous as Twister. Oh, right. And uh, you can see in this little pot, she's got three flowers coming. Yeah. Yeah. Three flower heads coming. <laughs> but I have one that I don't think Alan will have. Oh. I have a very special agapanthus here. <laughs> And again, I'm gonna to have to raise it up. This is the leaf. Here is the stem. Here is some more stem. Here is some more stem. Here is some more stem. Where the flip are the flowers? They, they only just fit in. I'm right on the floor. That is four foot tall. And the flowers are enormous. And you know, half the size of my hand. It's, uh, they, it's a form of inapertus, which means they have these very, very drooping, I guess inapert, must be something about drooping. Inapertus agapanthus all have these very droopy flower heads. Can I get that closer? Oh, whoa, <laughs> slow down. Slow down. 
Yeah, I'm trying to get it. Oh, they, they're beautiful they, bells. Aren't they beautiful? Oh. It's called Icicle, which is kind of silly name, except that it's Icicle. long and dripping, but it's not white. You'd think Icicle would be white. But this, do you have this, Alan? No. Bo I think he moment. might be guessing Bo it. I, I think I'm going to try for it. You bet you are. It's gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, I've never seen such a tall agapanthus. I think they exist as tall as this, but I've never had one anything remotely like this tall. If I stand up, it's chest high. Yeah. <laughs> On the video, the, um, the the little tubes, almost like there's like a, a kind of gradient on them that's the opposite to Twister, as in like Twister's kind of more, more blue at the base and then goes paler. And this then is bluer like... at the bottom. Yeah, yeah which is exactly. lovely actually. Paler at the base. Yeah, I have, maybe to put them together, but you'd have to put Twister on a stool. <laughs> I love that one. That's got a lot of personality. That has personality. They are good. And I mean, and I only got about three pots, but every one has got several flower stems. Okay. A couple of annuals. You see in Tithonia, I brought the Tithonia and you don't need to see that again, <laughs> but just in case you forgot, that's what we were looking at outside um, it's one of those up. plants i just don't know why i haven't grown tithonia i pretty much always meant to grow tithonia because i love orange i am the the girl who loves orange everyone knows ah! that about me i don't know how i've never had how have you tithonia. missed tithonia they are very big they take a lot of yeah. growth but that's why God, give a lot back but the thing is i i always even though i shouldn't go for big plants i always do so i might as well just give in and grow it yes might as well give in and grow it <laughs> You, what do you mean you shouldn't? Of course you should grow big plants. Every garden needs big plants. You've got a small garden full of small plants looks small. No, that's true. It's not the belief of my significant other, though. <laughs> have to re-educate them. That's the cosmos we saw. So I'll put that aside. All that outside. Oh, here's a new um, Lichnus chalcedonica. Or maybe it's not that new, but it's new to me. Um, Lichnus chalcedonica carnea, which has this sort of peachy, peach and white flower. It's, it's bleached out in your in the picture, isn't it? Now I don't want to falsely say I have this, but I, I either I have this or I have something very similar, which right. has been lovely okay. this year. Yeah, I really like the color. I mean, normally carnea is just too hard a red for me. Lichnus chalcedonica. I mean, it's the Maltese cross just too a bit too red i like red but it's not the right red whereas this is the right sort of peach color but can i where are we <laughs> ah! there yes there, there you yeah. can see the pe peachiness of it yeah that's beautiful so that was that's new for me here i was talking about a new zinnia called inca uh which is an unzinnia like zinnia <laughs> Again, you see the raggedy petals. Yeah, so I have a peach in here called Senorita, which has got that similar kind of oh, right. old yeah. look. I love yeah. it. It's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is the first time I've seen this. I, this is a fabulous, again, it, it looks to me bleached out, but that is the most amazingly intense red, red orange. It's only, it's almost red, but just the orange side of red. Inca. Yeah, I love that. That strikes uh, me oh. as a very East Ruston plant. Yeah, it did. <laughs> I didn't. I forgot to show you this in the in the in the uh, in the garden. 
in the, this is in the bed with the, all the orange and purple, the uh, carnival bed. Uh, there's a very, very dark grass. Do you see, can you feel this yeah. very dark foliage coming down, coming down, coming down? <laughs> and finally, away at the top, these dark flower heads. It's a citaria, so it has this uh, flower head, the sort of thing that birds love. This, they love the seeds of this citaria, but this particular one is very good. Very, very purple foliage. I love this. Yeah, and that that's beautiful. They're, the ones in the garden aren't actually big enough to show up much in the big, in the carnival bed. I, I, I need, I should have started them earlier and got more of them in. They're there, but they're, they're not pulling their weight yet. <laughs> yeah, I definitely want some of that. That's wonderful. That's an annual. You're gonna grow that from seed every year. And, uh, another annual. Uh, this is another kufia for you. Hey, hey. got that? Kufia lilac bell. Big, big flowers for a kufia, and just nothing like a kufia. Kufias, we, we, my idea of a kufia is a cigar plant, a little yeah. narrow flowers, but these have wide open, uh, flared flowers. Each individual flower is a real thing, whereas usually a kufia, you have to have a shower of little tiny flowers. That's Kufia Lilac Bell. Again, from seed every year. Now I know up close it looks nothing like it, but if you're listening to the audio version, from a distance as it's moving, it looks a bit like a dianthus or something, like those little flowers, like to give you an idea of how unlike a yeah. normal Kufia it is. Yeah, it's... you'd never guess. Looking at it, you'd never guess that was a Kufia. I should have put it to you. What is this plant? <laughs> Challenge you. I don't think we, well, I wouldn't have got it for sure. I may have got it because I used to grow one very similar, but with red flowers. Oh, right. I, used get, I used to get the seed from Chilton Seeds years ago, and I can't find it anymore now. Do you remember what it was called? No. No. But I mean, it, it was under the list of Kufaya, hardy yeah. annual, yeah. with bright red flowers. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we're nearly there. Almost done. Uh, this was the favourite thing, favourite new plant last year on the nursery, and it's still... Yay. Pretty much favorite new plant. Uh, this is Heliopsis helianthoides. Isn't that a silly name? Heliopsis helianthoides, bleeding hearts. And again, isn't that a silly name? You have a plant with chocolate brown foliage and red orange flowers, and you call it bleeding hearts. I mean, for heaven's sakes, what's there's not there's nothing red or pink about it. But anyway, it's a, a very handsome beast, and it looks. I grow that in my prairie. I wanted to show you the prairie, but we didn't get that, the battery didn't allow. Um, <laughs> next time. Next time we'll see the prairie and the gravel garden and the woods. Oh my God, we're gonna have such fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that Heliopsis. That's lovely. And yeah, also that's another, quite tall. it's another American prairie plant, actually. Yeah. Um, I don't know where I think it I think it actually grows in sort of the southeast in America, as opposed to in the what I think of the prairies in the, in the Midwest. But it just, the flowers change color. They open quite a dark red and they gradually turn orange and then brown, which is good. Okay, last plant. Ha ha, phew, what a relief. <laughs> I'm not relieved, I'm disappointed. <laughs> I thought you were bored stiff. No! <laughs> We've all grown salvia patens, I hope. Salvia yeah. has bright blue flowers and looks like this. 
The difference is this salvia patens is twice the size. The flowers are twice the size. The plant is twice the size. It can, if I do that, you can see it's about three and a half feet tall altogether. And the flowers are as the bluest blue there ever was. Yeah. I mean, just like exactly Peyton's blue, uh, but huge. I mean, they're, if I put my hand there for a sense of scale. My God. You know, they're just yeah. ridiculously big. And it seems to be perfectly hardy. It's been uh, growing outside in a nice bed. I mean, we're raised bed, so it has quite good drainage, but no special protection, no mulch, nothing like that uh, for about nine years. It has a tuberous root. And the trick, I think, the, what I finally just figured out, the trick to keeping it alive has nothing to do with temperature. It's baby slugs waiting there in May as it tries to come out of the ground, mow it before it comes out of the ground. I have several times dug up a tuber thinking it was dead to discover it had been scalped. And I could then dig it up, put it in a pot, grow it on, grow away fine. But if you leave it in the ground with the slugs there eating, you won't ever see it. So it's a hard, I think that is a bone hardy plant because I have a cold garden. What is, it, what is its name, Derry? Salvia patens giant form. Right. There's another big one called Guanajuato, but this is a much better plant. Guanajuato. Do you spell that? Uh, this is giant form. You can spell giant form. Yeah, do you sell it? Oh, I sell it. I think it's spell I, I it. thought he said spell. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I sell it. I sell seeds, I sell rooted cuttings, I sell plants, I sell tubers, I'll tell you anything. I've got lots of it. I love it just with the rings. It is one of the best plants <laughs> in the garden. <laughs> oh, oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> it's also, it's funny, it's just like you, you brought along a whole load of stunning things, but how strong that blue is, how that has just yeah. been sitting there sort of staring at us all while you've been talking. It's you could see that while I was talking. Yeah. Oh, is that right? All oh, right. It was waiting for you. In the background, it says, I know when my cue comes. <laughs> yeah, Derry, I was thinking, when's she going to get round to that salvia? Keep <laughs> <laughs> the best for last. Yeah, that was Indeed. an epic grand finale. I love that. Oh, wow. Well, right. what we immediately know is we're going to have to book another podcast in so that we can have a further walk around another part of your garden because. Great. Um, there is clearly a lot more to see there, but what yeah. a lovely lot of show and tell. God, your Flomo list must be twice as long now, Alan. It is. <laughs> I don't know where to start, but I'm going to go back to my original Flomo because it's it's the right time of year to be purchasing, I think, what, what my Flomo is. See yeah. I mean? we'll, we'll, yeah. So we'll work our way round. I always like to leave Alan till last because you can never trust him to not outshine everybody, Derry. So um, <laughs> I tend to... I tend to make him go last. Anyone who's tuning in for the first time, Flomo is basically plant-based fear of missing out. So the plant that's giving you a spot of, of FOMO. Actually, mine, you put something on your Instagram a few weeks ago, Derry, that I screenshot on my phone called, I'm going to say it wrong, but Spigelia Marylandica. Oh, oh, yes, yes, oh. yes. I have oh Flomo for it. I have <laughs> Such a plant. Okay, tell us so about beautiful. it. So beautiful. That's another American plant from the East Coast in America. I saw it in Pennsylvania. Um, it's, all, it's only about yay high, or two foot high. Uh, 
the flowers, oh my God, the buds oh. are deepest, deepest, deepest red. I mean, the reddest deep red. You describe you them as emeralds and rubies. Emeralds and yeah. rubies have nothing on it, you said. Yeah, absolutely. There's this incredible pointy red bud. And <laughs> when it opens, there's a little emerald green, glowing green star inside. I mean, it is to die for, to die. And I have one plant and I want Thousands, thousands, please. <laughs> I absolutely love it. I mean, this doesn't bode well for me getting it anytime soon if you only have one plant. <laughs> so it's probably going to be on my FLOMO list for a long time. But anyone who hasn't seen it, just like look for a Google image search or something because it looks stunning. Don't look on my Instagram account. And, that is a good yes. picture. Yeah, absolutely yeah. show-stopping. Yeah. So yeah, it looks like I'll be longing for it for a while, but I thought that was so astonishing um yeah. i don't know where you're at with your flow moderi uh, i was thinking about uh, silene regia which i actually have uh i had one plant last year which had the reddest i have a thing for red and for orange and for purple and for black and for blue also <laughs> i just have a thing for color but silene regia is one of the reddest reds there ever was um it's the regal silene regia um and i just thought the flowers were incredible. And I put that on Instagram last year, my one plant with my one flower. And people said, oh no, that's really hard to grow. No, James Hitchmo says, no, that's too hard. Well, it's still there and it's about to bloom again. So I'm really, really excited by that. <laughs> uh, all right then, Alan, what was your FLOMO? Well, I'm going to go to the other end of the year, really, because my flomo is to get more trilliums. Oh, and trilliums! Wonderful, wonderful woodlanders, and I mean, there's some very rare ones and very expensive ones. But I'm going to champion the nurseryman who grows these plants because they are very slow plants to grow. And if you're growing them, you know, you're going to be three, five, seven years before you see a flower, and you know that time has got to be paid for. So if you see a trillium that you really want and it's absolutely fabulous and you can't live without it and it's 30 quid, buy it for God's sake. Don't be mean. <laughs> <laughs> so I have seven just... years of watering is a lot of watering. That is a yeah, seriously is. expensive process I've, I've to just... grow a plant for seven years. I've just been planting some trilliums. They like neutral to acid soil. They also like woodland conditions. Cool. They like cool. C yeah, cool. Yeah, cool. Um, but I've got I've redone a little piece of garden. It's not huge, um, but we're piling leaf mold into it, and we're growing lots of little woodland treasures there. Ooh. I did get some nice trilliums, and they arrived packed in this wonderful sort of. I don't even know what it was. It wasn't peat. It was something. Um, it was something that resembled peat, but they were packaged in the kind of paper that's coated with, uh, it's like beeswax, paper coated yeah. with beeswax oh, wow. to, to prevent evaporation. Oh, so they lovely. And I thought, this is wonderful. This nursery is obviously conscious. They care of for using, them. Yeah, they're not conscious of, uh, they're conscious of not using plastic, yeah, which yeah. I thought was nice. And yeah. and anyway, I, be, I bought five, five different lots, cost Great. a fortune, but never mind. <laughs> it was worth it, it was worth it. Yes, it was. I hope they'll be with me long after yeah. I've spent £100 on cut flowers, shall we say. Yes. Yeah. yeah, they will, and they'll be fabulous. I'm yeah. still reeling. We went to Richard Hobbs' garden um, for a little sort of special trip in the spring, and I'm still reeling from his trilliums uh, back mm. then. So yeah. Yeah. it takes you a long time to recover from seeing a beautiful trillium. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and I tell you what, it takes you a long while to recover from seeing a salvia. <laughs> Giant form's got nothing on it. Boy, I got to have that plant. It's fabulous. <laughs> now, now. Yeah, yesterday. I'll go out and take some more cuttings just for you. <laughs> my, 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 my list of plants that I want from Derry is just... Um, well, there's two. I mean, it just expanded. It has expanded, not just because. I mean, when you're looking through a seed list, you look through a seed list and you think that sounds interesting. That's good. She's got that. She speaks highly of it. It's enough for me. I've got to have it. I've got to try it. But that, that, there's lots of things that you miss. And I, I'm just sort of thinking, you know, that Silenium wallachianum I've got, but I don't make the most of it. Uh, Dahlia murkii albia I have, courtesy of Derry and. I'm just looking at hers, which is bigger than mine, and I hate her. Uh, <laughs> Ross, a purple leaf seedling is oh, just to die cool. for. It's to again. die for. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Alan, you have to come down and visit the garden again. You really I do can. have to. I you do have to, don't I? It would be yeah. such fun. Shall I bring some money with me? <laughs> I think that's a good idea. <laughs> I don't think you go anywhere without taking some money with you, Alan, if, no, if you're going to see plants. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, this has been marvellous. Well, Alan's about to be a lot poorer. I'm just going to, you know, do my usual and go lay down in a darkened room after recording one of these because it's just wonderful. You you really brought your A-game, Derry, and allowing us to see just a little bit of your garden is such a treat. That was good that that worked. I was really pleased. Yeah. Yeah, it did work. Yeah, you might regret because we're probably going to make you take us around your garden many times more in the future. Goody, now. goody. But I should also say that the garden is open every Wednesday. You don't need to book. Just come and visit. Anybody can come visit on a Wednesday. And Alan, you can go visit on another day. <laughs> <laughs> and remind us, whereabouts in the UK are you? Near Bath, just north of Bath, on the north edge of Bath, really. Lovely part of the world. Yes, beautiful. Beautiful. Wonderful beautiful. views, wonderful hillsides. <laughs> and your garden. What more could people want? What more? Derry, thank you very much. Next time, we'll look at the prairie and the gravel garden and maybe even the woodland. Hooray. <laughs> I look forward to it. Until next time, happy gardening. Happy Thank gardening. Bye. Nice to see you, Mary. Bye-bye. Hey, Thordis here. Just to say thank you so much for listening to Talking Dirty. You are now officially our favourite person. If you really liked it, please do subscribe because we'll be back for more plant-loving mayhem next week. And as you're our new favourite person, we don't want you to miss out. If you've got a question for Alan and the experts, you can email it to hello at getgardeningnow.co.uk. So happy gardening, and we'll see you, oh favourite person, next time. Hey.